Amen. I was going to do some responsive reading and stuff, but y'all done got me all hot and stuff. And I'm... Listen, go with me to the book of Daniel. In our Bible study, we just started the book of Daniel. We're on, on Wednesday night, and I want to go to Daniel again. I want to take a look at some things. To the source of all understanding. Isaiah would tell you that there's no searching to his understanding. He give power to the faint and to them that have no might he increases strength. Yes, Even in youth hmm, yes, shall faint and be weary and young men will utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength they shall mount up with wings as eagles they shall run and not be weary they shall walk and not faint when you need understanding go to him who is the source of all understanding if you're in the book of daniel go in the book of daniel daniel i believe is about the 27th book of the bible it can't contain some 12 chapters, it has some 11,606 words, raises some 16 questions and all of that. But if you go to chapter 2, go to chapter 2 with me, with Daniel, reading from the New King James Translation. Verse 20. So Daniel and saying blessed be the name of our God forever and ever for wisdom and might are his and guess what and he changes the times and the seasons he removes kings he raises up kings he gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. He reveals deep and secret things. He knows what is in the darkness and the light, it says, and light dwells with him. I thank you and praise you, O God of my fathers. You have given me wisdom and might and have now made me made known to me what we ask of you for you have made known to us the king's demands god is the source of all my understanding in the name of jesus father bless these thy people bless them right now when we seek an answer when we seek a place to go to, oh God, when we are confused and confounded by the world. Father, we ask that you bless right now. For you are a wonderful God, and we thank you for being our God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
your seats. As you take your seats, I want to remind you on August 18th, I believe it's the 18th of August, there will be a wellness walk for men, and I want you to take care of yourselves. It's time that we took better care of ourselves so we might do more, be more for our families, and most of all, for God. And so I will be reminding you about that as we get closer to that date. But we thank God for allowing us to be in this place today and, and just praise and worship his holy name. Listen, in this book of Daniel, we find in the second chapter, the second chapter deals with Nebuchadnezzar and his dream. We find that, that the people of God have been taken captive. In fact, on our Bible study night, we talked a little bit about, about how, how the king desired to have all the best folk around him, having the, the utmost best, the, the brightest, and the, and the things that, that would make him better around him. The king was kind of operating like the Golden State Warriors. Yeah. He stacked the deck. I don't care how much you like LeBron. I don't care. LeBron does not a team make. But, 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 but when you stack the deck like that, I mean, when you just have some, in fact, you can get folk up out the locker room to come play and they, they can make shots from the parking lot. And, it, it, it kind of suggests to you that, that, that they've got people with talent and skills all around. They've got folks sitting on the bench just waiting. They've got people, oh my goodness. They called up a few folks' grandmothers and said, look, y'all come on play too, y'all. But I find here that, that, that Nebuchadnezzar has done the same thing. He surrounded himself with the best of the best. In order to make himself better, in order to make himself more glorious, and in order to make himself more powerful, he surrounded himself with the best. And in that best, even though they were captives, he called upon Daniel and his companions. They were brighter, they were smarter, there was something special about them. There was something unique about them. There was something such that they were teachable and they, and they, were, they were, uh, had understanding and knowledge. They were educated. They, they, they had something about them that was above everybody else. And I'm sure that Nebuchadnezzar did not really understand nor comprehend what that was all about. But when you're anointed by God, when you, when you are chosen by God, people look at you funny and they, they know that there's something unique about you, but they can't really put their finger on it. They know that there's something that is so special about you that, and they just want to be around you. Folk want to have you in their circles because, because there's something... That, that, that is so good that when you're there, when you're present, when you're a part of the company, everybody feels good. Oh, I know there are a lot of folk that walk in now and say, well, you know, once they get there, the party can start. But no, 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 no. See, I know some of y'all have claimed that, but, but it really don't start until the anointed folk get in the house. I, 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 I'm 
talking even in the church house that, that, that sometimes you know we're sitting in anticipation of something and waiting for God to move but when you sit down next to somebody that knows the Lord and, and, and they start to feel the spirit and the power of God and can testify about God that there's something about sitting close to them it's something about touching them laying hands on them it's something about hearing their voice and hearing their testimony when somebody who's been with God there's evidence that their God has been working in their life then you want to be around that same kind of anointing if you have not personally experienced the power and majesty of God himself you want to be around somebody who knows how to experience that somebody who's been there and come out Nebuchadnezzar wanted to be around that kind of power. Maybe not comprehending nor understanding it, but he knew that there was something special about them. There was some gifted things about them. In chapter 2, Nebuchadnezzar in the second reign, second year of his reign, he was troubled by some dreams. The Bible said that he couldn't sleep. He, he was up all night and he, he was troubled because he kept having this reoccurring dream and could not understand what it was all about. And so here's what the king did. He calls for all of his magicians, all the astrologers, the sorcerers and the Chaldeans, all the wise men that were all around him. And he asked them to tell him not only the interpretation of, of the dream, but the dream itself. They essentially says, well, 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 king, oh king, live forever. You know, you got to put a little something in there when they don't know anything. Oh king, live forever. And the king says, listen, I need y'all to tell me the dream and the interpretation of the dream. They said, well, no, 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 no. King, you tell us the dream and then we'll give you the interpretation. He says, no, I know you stalling. I know I, I, I'm firm on this. I'm holding fast to this. Here's what I want you to do. I need for you to tell me what I dreamed and then tell me the interpretation of what I dreamed. Once again, his astrologers and sorcerers, his wise men. See, I, 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 I'm talking to, to some of your astrologers, some of the folk that you've been calling on to try to get you an understanding of the things that you're going through. I, I, I just want to try to help somebody and let them know you're talking to the wrong folk. I, I just want to help somebody and let you know that, that, that you've got some problems that you need solved, that you've got some mysteries that are unfolding in your life, and you need somebody who has all understanding. You need somebody there's, where there's no searching to his understanding. You need somebody that knows from the, from the beginning to the end. You need somebody who's there in between and in the middle. You need somebody who has all understanding. He kept on asking them and pressing them and saying, look, I need for you to to tell me what is the dream and the interpretation of the dream and they said nobody can do that there's nobody on earth 
that can do that. And the gods in heaven don't walk with men on earth that we might get an understanding. Nobody can do that, king. And the king says, well, look, look here. If y'all don't tell me what it is, I'm going to cut y'all up into little pieces. And I'm going to burn down your house. So he sent his captain of the guard, Arak, out and said, look, gather up everybody. Get, get all the magicians. Get all the soothsayers. Get all the astrologers. Get all the people who think they wise. And get them all together and wipe them out. Kill all of them. Because if they, if, if they are who they say they are, oh, y'all didn't catch that. I'm talking about the folk in your life that's going to speak over your life, going to tell you about your life. If they are what they say they really are, I mean folk that have been pronouncing stuff over you about your life. I'm telling you folk that have been putting you down in your life, people that have been talking about your life. If they really are what they are, what they say they are, then they ought to have a deeper, richer understanding. They ought to know some stuff. But wait a minute, if they haven't walked in your shoes, if they haven't lived your life, if they don't know what you've gone through, they don't know the sorrows that you felt. They don't know every tear that's falling down your face. They don't know how you had to crawl through hell and high water just to get to today. They don't know what sickness and pains that you gotta deal with on a day-to-day -day basis. They don't know nothing about you. They don't know the war that's going on in your mind and in your spirit that you got to fight spiritually day after day, moment to moment, hour to hour. They don't know nothing about you. They really knew something about you. They could speak to your issues. Hallelujah. If they really knew something about you, they could tell you how to solve your problems. They could tell you how to get to from point A to point B. But no, since they don't know you like that, tell, tell somebody they don't know me like that. Eh? Nebuchadnezzar says, listen, since y'all don't have a real good understanding, since you don't know what you say that you know, after all, you are the magicians. After all, you are the astrologers and you can read the signs and the charts and you can tell me about everything else, but you can't tell me this one thing. He says, I'm going to burn down your houses and cut you all into pieces. Send out the order. And do you know that Daniel and his companions were in that order? Because they were considered the wisest of the wise. They were considered those who had knowledge and understanding. And so not knowing what the order had been, when Arak got to their house, he met with Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He met with them and said, listen, Daniel says, well, hold up. Say what? That's what he said. And Arak made it known to Daniel what the king had decreed. He says, wait, whoa, 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 slow your roll. 
Give me some time. Give me tonight. Give me some time to go back and, and, and discuss this thing and, I, and I'll come to the king. Arak holds up. He says, okay. And so then we pick up with this verse. And so he had counsel and started to talk with God. As the decree went out, someone catch me at verse 14. He says in verse 14, then with counsel and wisdom, Daniel answered Arak and the king's captain of the guard who had gone out to kill the wise men of Babylon. He, he answered and said to him, why is the decree from the king so urgent? Slow your roll. Bring it down. Pump the brakes a little. Back it up. What's the big hurry? What's going on with this? Daniel would have asked, he says, give me time. Just give me just a little bit of time. Uh, listen, all I need is just a little bit of time to talk it over with my God. When we are facing impossible odds, when we face things that seem like we cannot understand, just give me a little bit of time. Now, because I need to get in touch with the one who has all understanding. Just, just give me a moment. Yeah, I, I, I'm trying to tell somebody, when folk are coming at you with all sorts of manner of evil and things that are happening around you when there's bills and things that are happening such that it's clouding up your mind just take a little bit of time has anybody here had to deal with some people who have been pressing you and working your last nerve but 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 if you could just back up for a moment say, wait a minute before I react, before I respond, before I go off, before I do what I know I want to do, just give me a little bit of time to go have a little talk with Jesus. You see, I jumped in the New Testament real quick. You see, because sometimes that's what it takes. It takes backing up just for a moment. Before, before we act out of ourselves, before we tell folk what we think we want to tell them. Oh, hallelujah. God, God bless you, Sister Wallace, because you don't know how you blessed me this morning. Sister Wallace came in and told me this morning, I got to share this, y'all. I got to share this. Came in and told me this morning, she said, you know what? You, 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 you spoke to me when, uh, when you said last week that you wanted to tell the banks all about themselves and write them a letter. She said, well, I wrote one for you. See, because, and I told her, I said, well, you know what? Because I was upset with them and I was going to say more than a few things. Things that would not have been on straight out of the Bible. But out of the book of Charles, oh, yes, there would have been some quotes, some bold and italic and underlined. Out of the book of Charles, there would have been some things that were said, oh, that could not be repeated in mixed company. Out of the book of Charles, there was coming some words, oh, that you could hear only in the streets and in the hoods. Oh, my God. 
Wallace by. Say, here's some words that you can use. These sound a whole lot nicer. Oh, I thank God for her. That's what it was all about. Before reacting, I needed some time to go back and talk with God. I don't know about you, is there anybody in here that before you reacted, you had went back, talked to God. I'm talking about folk who've been to the hospital. I'm talking about folk has got some decisions to make. I'm talking about people that's going to court. I'm talking about people that's trying to get their benefits. I'm talking about people who have been going through circumstances and situations with your family. And before you react, you say, well, look, I got to go talk to God about this first. Let me talk it over with God. So Daniel says, let, let me, let, just, just, just give me a little bit of time. And I'll give him the interpretation. And I, I, I like verse 17, and it says, and then Daniel went to his house and he made, and made the decision known or what the king had said to Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, which, as you know, their names were changed to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Their names that were given to them by the king. He says, now, now I know y'all just glanced over that, but go back and check again. He, he, he says that he, he went into his house and made it known to his companions that they might seek the mercies of God. The mercies from God of heaven concerning this secret matter. See, church, I, I, I know y'all ain't gonna shout with me on this, but, but every now and then you need to get together with two, three folk that know Jesus. Every now and then you need to go back into the house and, 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 and make your concerns known. Not with you. Listen, let me, let me get this. Not with just anybody. Not just with folk who just happen to be in the house. Because there's some folk in the house that don't know nothing about the God that you're talking about. The, 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 hallelujah. There's some folk in the village that don't know nothing about the God that you're talking about. Not get with just anybody, but he got with the ones that were with him, that's been with him, the ones that know how to pray, the ones that been there and know God for themselves. Get with some folk that know the same God that you know. Get with some people that's not afraid to step out on faith. Get with some folk that know how to call down fire from heaven. Get with some folk that know how to bless you. Get with some people that know how to keep you prayed up. Get with some folk that know how to call on the name of Jesus. Get with some people that you know that you know that you know that if it jumps off right now that Jesus is going to be in the midst. Get with some folk that won't tuck and run. Get with some folk that will stay steadfast, unmovable, and always abounding in the work of the Lord. Get with some folk that know how to praise God anyhow. 
get with some folk in the house that know how to go down on bended knee. If somebody in your house don't know how to bend down, if somebody in your house don't know how to lay prostrate, if somebody in your house don't understand what it means to lift up holy hands, that's not the one you want to pray with. But get with somebody that you find stretched out in the floor. Get with somebody that's walking around waving their hands. Get with somebody that's not afraid to call on the name of the Most High God. Get with them, get with them, get with them, get with them, get with them. When you get with them, you got to agree. See, when you get with folk that know God, they know how to come together, my sister, and agree. They said that that they might seek the mercies of God. Oh my God. That meant together, they decided that listen, we need mercy. Oh my God. We we need God to come in. We know that we have a sentence of death, but what we need is mercy. Oh, y'all see, I, I got a few people that only caught that. Hallelujah. Anybody been to court? They said, listen, listen, I throw myself on the mercies of the court. That says, I know that I'm guilty. I know that I've done wrong. I know that sentence should be pronounced on me but what I'm really asking for is some mercy I know that I'm supposed to get locked up I know I'm supposed to be on lockdown and shut out I know that everybody has turned their back on me but God what I really need from you is some mercy because if I get some mercy that says you can overturn the decision that's been pronounced on me every now and then I need God to overturn the decision I know I messed up I know I fell down I know I backslid I know I'm no good I know I haven't but God if you just give me your mercy I know I don't deserve it I know I can't earn it, I can't buy it all, but if you give me mercy, it gives me what I don't deserve. I deserve death, I deserve every of the penalty, every part of it, but yet God, if you give me mercy, that says I'm going to wipe out the penalty, charges will be dismissed, you will be set free with an understanding that you won't come back here and be in this position again. Lord, I need some mercy. That they might seek the mercy, mercy from God. Not just any God, but the God of heaven. He says, God, I need to know this secret. I need to know what's going on. And then the secret was revealed that night to Daniel in a vision. When God answers your prayer, yes. 
there ought to be a response. ought to be a response. Sabrina and I was standing out on the parking lot this morning. And this guy came around the corner, kind of disheveled and looking a mess. And he comes up and he says, do you have some change? And I looked at him and I said, you asked me before. You've been here before. We've helped you before. What you, what he really want, what he really needed, he didn't want. I said, all right. I said, since you asked for some change, I reached in my pocket. I had some change, there you go. He looked at me. Looked at the change that I could get him, and he walked away. I went to work for that change. I put up with some folk. For that change, even though it might have been change, it's still my change. God, I had to pray to God about my change. I had to, uh, oh my God, to keep me from going off on some folk downtown. I had, I'm all in the name of Jesus. There was a four inch window glass that was separating me from this one guy. I'm like, okay. In other words, I had to endure something for even that little bit. But I was willing to give it away. He looked at me, turned and walked away, and never said a mumbling word. Not that it was required or even really expected. It would have been nice, but I'm trying to draw a parallel here. Now, let me ask this question. Do you think he gonna get some more change from me? Because oh. if you do, I, I got some news for you. Let me, we need to step out of here and let's go talk. But, but, Because what I'm really trying to say is, in anything, in everything, in all things, no matter how great, no matter how small, you ought to be grateful. You ought to give thanks to what oh, you don't hear me in here. Because I know that sometimes this seems like a small thing to you, but when God blesses, when he answers your prayer, when you held out your hand asking to receive and you receive, there ought to be some thank you. It's when you get into a thank you mode, that's when God opens up windows. When you get into a praise mode of acknowledging that if God had not done this, 
there would be no blessing and so therefore there ought to be some thank you every now and then the church ought to be hollering thank you every time you open up your eyes thank you every time you lay down to sleep and get back up again there ought to be a thank you there ought to be a day today said lord today was not promised but since i'm here i want to thank you for giving me today real quick and I'm done. Here, here, here's, here's what Daniel does. Here's what Daniel does. From verse 20 all the way through 23. Now note, he didn't go back to the king with the answer just yet. But from verse 20 through 23, what does he do? Verse 20, Daniel answers said, Bless the name of God. Bless his name forever and ever. He says, For wisdom and might are his. He's acknowledging, wait a minute, I got the answer, but I want to acknowledge where the answer came from. Ah, he says, he says, and not only do I acknowledge where the answer came from, but I want to talk about that he's the one that can change. He can change times and he can change the season. In other words, he's control of in control of nature itself. He's in control of everything. That he's filled with power and wisdom and grace. He's got he's got everything, all power in his hands. And so Daniel begins to acknowledge and gives God glory in that aspect. He says he removes kings. Watch out now. He says, I got a king that's threatening my life. I got some power, some entity that threatens my life. But I want you to understand here that my God can remove kings and he can raise kings up. He can give, oh hallelujah, that God is the one who gives wisdom to the wise. Now you got to really love that statement because you got to look in a little deeper into that statement. He gives wisdom to somebody saying, well, how can he give wisdom to somebody who's already wise? He's really being sarcastic and saying, listen, those who think they know really don't know because God can educate the most educated person to confound them and make them understand you don't know nothing when it comes to God. I can give wisdom to the wise. He says to those who have knowledge and knowledge to those who have understanding. He said, you thought you understood. Hallelujah. Anybody ever thought that they was down to their last, that they were at the end of their road, and then somehow God came in? I mean, somebody had understanding that, yes, my bills don't add up. I don't have enough money. I don't have enough to make ends meet. But yet, somehow or another, God came in, and your bills got paid. God, somebody had, needs to understand that somehow or another, it seemed like you don't have enough to eat, but you are still sustained, and God keeps setting the table before you in the presence of your enemy somebody is still talking about how i don't have any friends but you got a friend that's never left you that's never forsaken you somebody needs to understand that he got more understanding he's got more knowledge than you will ever have so go to the one who has all understanding hallelujah if i could sing right now i'd sing if i I'd go to the rock. Woo. When you need a shelter, when you need a friend. I go to the rock. Go to the one with all the power. 
Go to the one and stop fooling with all these other people around you. Go to the one, even though I know you got some wise doctors, you got some educated men around you, but go to the one who created the doctor. Go to the one that gave him knowledge and understanding. Go to the one. He says, he says I know. He, he knows he was in the darkness and the light dwells with him that God illuminates everything that he knows he said, he said I, I, I know what folk are doing the plotting against you and all around you he says I, I understand that I understand the dark spirits and forces that are working against you he says I understand that and I know some things that are happening unbeknowing to you that you cannot see but understand when I show up I bring the light with me understand when I show up darkness has got to flee from me understand when I show up that light and darkness can't have or occupy the same space understand that when I show up and as long as you keep me with you you will always have the light with you as long as I'm in you you will be illuminated as long as I'm with you and walk with you I will light your pathways as long as you know that I am the light of the world then you won't have to fear anything in darkness because I will make darkness flee from the light. Go to the one that has all understanding. Somebody need to tell somebody, go to Jesus. You need, you need to really go to Jesus. If you want to understand what's going on in your life, if you want to understand the weapons that are forming against you, go to Jesus. And he will lay that thing out. I know you think you got to figure it out. But I need you to go to Jesus. Because when Jesus went to that cross. He laid all of your problems out on that cross. When Jesus went to that cross. When they stretched him out. He stretched out all of your circumstances. He stretched out all of your fears. He stretched out all of your shortcomings. He stretched out everything. Every part of darkness. Even when in your mind. The stuff we know about. And the stuff we don't know about. That Jesus paid it all on Calvary's cross. You need to understand. That if you really got a problem. You need to go to the rock. You need to go to the cross. Because you'll find that on the cross. He was crucified for that. You'll find that on the cross. For your sickness. And he was. Oh, hallelujah. He was crucified for that. You'll find that on the cross. That Jesus paid it all. Listen, let's go. Come on, Deacons. Let's go. Come on, ministers. Let's go. Verse 23 says, I thank you and I praise you, oh God of my fathers. Lord, I give you praise. Just for letting me know. The king said that he was going to kill all of us. If we look at the world today, there are so many things that should have killed us a long time ago. But I praise you, God. And I thank you for giving me understanding and giving me wisdom. Long story short, he goes and he tells the king his dream. Not only did he tell him the king about the statue that was he was looking at, he told him who he was and where he was in that statue, that he was the head made of gold. 
subsequent kingdoms would come after him and various parts of the body made out of different materials. The materials got lesser in value as it went down to the feet. But the materials also started to begin stronger. The strength was indicative of the harshness that would come. And so he told the king, here's what your dream is all about. Here are the kingdoms that are going to follow you. The king got up and fell down on his face and began to worship before Daniel and told Daniel, your God is like no other God. What I'm trying to tell somebody, sis, is that you stand on the Lord's word and all the kings around you will come and lay down at your feet as long as you acknowledge him as long as you give him glory as long as you know that without him you can do absolutely nothing the kingdom of sickness must fall the kingdom of Adultery and idolatry must fall. The kingdom of death, even itself, must fall. Because with God, he is life. And he said, I came that you might have life. And that you might have it more abundantly. It's time for the people of God to live abundant lives. Knowing that you cannot fail that God has ordained it so that you are blessed you are saved you are sanctified and you have the mercies of God to follow you all the days of your life mercy God when I mess up mercy when I fall when I stumble give me mercy go to the one whose knowledge passes all understanding. Go to him. When you have a question, when you have a problem, seek him first. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all of these things will be added unto you. Give God some praise in the house. The door of the church is open.